Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey, everyone. We're so glad you joined us today. Uh, We are here again. Again. Here we are. I'm here with Pastor David, Pastor Bob. Howdy. My name is Liz. And we're going to talk about something really great today, and that is uh, stepping into your calling and this whole idea of calling. What is a calling? What is my calling? Right? Because this is something that people are very concerned about. Yeah. Finding their calling. It's your calling calling calling? to you. How do I know what my calling is and who's calling me? <laughs> Did I miss That's my calling? That's what I always calling. want to know. Like, oh. um, who's calling me right now? <laughs> and why aren't they just texting me? Uh, good point. <laughs> I never answer calls, right? <laughs> Screen that. Yes. I get a lot of calls from this guy, Potential, last name Spam. <laughs> calls me all the time. Or the guy unknown. Right. Yes. Yeah. That could be your calling. Wow. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's jump into this a little bit. When we're talking about calling, mm-hmm. what is that? What does that mean? What are we referring to when we're talking about that, Pastor Bob? You're looking at me. I am. What does it mean to me? You are the senior pastor in this <sighs> discussion right here. Mm-hmm. So we look wow. to you for wisdom. Oh, great wisdom. <laughs> yes. Well, what does calling mean to me? I think that uh, it helps us as human beings focus on what God wants for our lives and wants to do in and through our lives. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times we try to make things up that aren't <laughs> our calling <laughs> or we get involved in things mm. that are not our calling. Yeah. But God has a calling. He has a very, I believe, specific calling. It could be multiple callings. I'm not limiting to one calling. Mm-hmm. But uh, And we've discussed this in the past. One of my issues with you know, people and they talk about their calling is so many people try to exclude themselves from a calling because they're not a pastor or, you know, they're not in clergy or they don't have some special assignment that an angel came and gave them from heaven. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how I think about calling, but we're going to discuss this a lot more. I can just tell. Everyone has a vocation, a calling, right? And so you have a vocation, a calling within the house of God, how are you going to minister there? And you have a vocation in the world. How has God called you to reach your community and your family? Mm -hmm. So no believer should say they're not called. Um, Actually, the church is the called out ones, Mm -hmm. the ecclesia. And if you're a believer, you've been called into that through the foreknowledge and predestination of God. So like um, there is a general call that God has on a believer. There is your vocation in the world. And then like Pastor Bob mentioned, there might be um, a specific calling that people are searching for. And I think you said that of like, people are wondering, what is that calling? I don't want to miss that. I want to know what God's directing me to do. I don't just want this vague sense of, well, you know, God has called me. I want to know what that means. So hopefully we can help <laughs> talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. I think a lot of times when, when we're talking about calling, people are looking for purpose, right? They're looking mm-hmm. for what was I made to do? Why did God put me on the earth? <laughs> you know, right. what, what is his assignment for my life? What has he deposited in me that can, that I need to um, bring into the world, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of times though in um, Christianity, and I want to say specifically like an American Western Christianity, that becomes like the primary focus is like, find out what your calling is and fulfill your calling, you know, speaking to that as like, what is your ministry, right? Or like, what are your gifts? And forgetting that our first and foremost calling is into, is into Christ, is into relationship with him, is into the kingdom of God. And if you search out scripturally, Mm -hmm. when it's talking about being called, right? It's called, it's about Jesus calling people to follow him. It's about being called into, like you said, the, the called out ones into the church, um, to become the church. And so I think sometimes just putting things in, um, the correct perspective and the correct priority, first and foremost, your call is to be in relationship with Jesus, to be in relationship with his church Mm -hmm. and to, um, press towards, you know, the calling, the high mark of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. like into him is your first and foremost calling. Mm-hmm. And um, not any of the other um, callings that maybe are a little more specialized mm-hmm. or focused, then none of those are designed to supersede that first one. The main calling. Yeah, I remember yeah. Paul at one point in the New Testament said, you're called to belong to Jesus Christ. Mm. And if you just meditate on that, like I'm called to belong to Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's so powerful. Um, and we want to add all onto that and build, um, hopefully you're building on that foundation, <laughs> but because if you don't value that foundation and it's not precious to you and you say, God wanted me to belong to him, 
-hmm. And he showed up in my life and he said, come be with me. That has to be so powerful. I mean, I even think about the first disciples mm -hmm. that Jesus is walking along the, the Sea of Galilee and he says, follow me. Yeah. And they said, yeah, I'm going to drop everything and leave my father and my mother and my nets and my business and my knowledge and my expertise because I want to belong with him. I want to I want to spend time. I want to devote my whole life to being in his company, yeah. being in his presence. Yeah. So that it can't be a throwaway thing. It can't be something that says, yeah, I know I'm called to be like Jesus, be like Jesus but I have to also, what, what am I called to preach? Or what are, who am I called to reach? Or am I going to save the world? What kind of influence am I going to have? Right? I'm, that's kind of my internal <laughs> like that. monologue. That. That I, that's more my flesh guy talking. Right. Sometimes yeah. I give him a weird voice, right? But um, it has to be really, really important to us that Jesus himself has called, called us. Well, so. I think that's the thing is that a lot of people uh, don't, you know, may not realize that they're calling calls to them. Mm. And that's really what's happening. And what you're all explaining is yeah. just that uh, God's calling. And uh, we, we make it sound like my calling. Right. But it's actually his calling to yeah. us yeah. and whether or not we will receive that calling, accept that calling. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to take it back. The question is, will we receive it? Will we engage it? Will we do something with the calling? Mm -hmm. Or will we just let it sit on the, you know, and you see like it's like Jesus over there like, hey, I'm calling you. Hey, yeah. I got something for you. And and us just not responding. Mm -hmm. just And that can happen in a lot of ways. But like you said, the the main calling is he's actually calling us to himself. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the heart of discipleship. That's the heart of everything that mm -hmm. happens in God is becoming more like Jesus mm -hmm. and uh, drawing closer to the heart of the Father through Jesus. And that is, like you say, our primary calling. Yeah. And it can be, and I like the way Pastor David said it, it can be so minimalized in Christianity. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, we're all called to be like Jesus, but <laughs> I'm a pastor. It's like, wait. <laughs> it should be like, whoa, we're all called to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and I and I do that pastor thing too, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think we lose perspective yeah. of who we are in that process. Absolutely. Well, and we forget that one is an eternal call. And then one is temporary. Yeah. And so yeah. often we're focused on the temporary things. Like what, what is my ministry? What am I, you know, how am I supposed to operate? What's my position supposed to be? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do on the earth? And we, we get so locked into that, but we forget there's actually a calling that is eternal to be in relationship with, with God is an eternal calling. And all of these other temporary things, they're actually just supposed to propel, provoke, invite us and others into the eternal calling. Cause right. that's ultimately mm -hmm. the, the goal, right? Is to be, um, and I would say even yes, to be like Jesus, but I would say even beyond that to be become like him so that we can know him so that, right. that we can be in yeah, complete amen. relationship with him so that there's nothing in between us and him mm -hmm. and all of the other callings, you know, to be an apostle or to be, um, you know, have them certain ministries or certain, um, emphasis in the marketplace, like all of those are for the ultimate calling mm -hmm. <laughs> of coming into complete relationship with the Lord. And we can get, um, we can get those reversed. Yeah. Well, I think, like you said, it's, as a matter of fact, we used to have a song here that we sang at our church to be in Christ and yeah. everything else is actually minimized compared to being in him, to being found in him. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that response. Um, like I said, I think we we can leave the response to just when we came to him at initial salvation, uh, which was spectacular, awesome. I think we don't celebrate initial salvation enough. We just go, oh, yeah, though you got saved. That's great. It's like, wait, yeah. you just got saved from everything. Right. <laughs> Every, your d total demise, your hell forever. Not only that, you didn't get saved from something, but you got saved to yeah. something. You got mm -hmm. saved to Christ. And now in him, you're being drawn into his heart, being drawn into his family, being drawn into everything he is. And like to lose sight of that is kind of crazy because like you say, you can lose sight of the primary reason of calling, mm -hmm. and that's to be drawn to him. And there's a lot of different aspects that come along with that. But I, you know, how can we lose sight of that? And I, like I said, I, I think we just don't celebrate that component enough. Yeah. You know, that it's in him that we live, we move, we have our being. Everything about our lives is in him. It's not just in everything we do. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, you can get very worldly minded, get, you know, focused on what 
I'm accomplishing, I'm doing, rather than what God is accomplishing in and through me and through everybody else around me and how I'm getting in him, mm-hmm. how, am I, how am I drawing to him mm-hmm. and not just, uh, you know, well, I got, I got saved and, and now I do a bunch of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, I think it's important what you're saying, that we've been called into something extraordinary beyond what we experience outside of Christ. And I just, whenever I think about calling, I think of uh, a wizard showing up at someone's house and saying, hey, that magic ring <laughs> that wizard. you have, you need to go to Mordor and destroy that, right? And you cannot stay where you're at. You can't be, you can't settle here or else there's going to be destruction. And so you have, to, you have to follow that person that came and called you, and you're going to go beyond what you thought you were living, what, where your life was, and you're going to go somewhere you've never been. And, you know, even if that means, you know, for us, like, you know, if it is within our town where we were raised or our, our home country, that's fine. But it should never be a mundane thing. It, it, it should never be a mediocre thing, this bland idea of, well, I've been called to be a Christian. Because you've, you've been called, like, towards a hero's journey. Now, like, who are you supposed to reach? What are you supposed to do? Um, that is secondary to the one that's leading you yeah. into that journey. Yeah. But you should never think of it as something that's like, well, you know, I'm just this normal ho-hum person because God predestined you and he right. appointed you to eternal right. life. Mm-hmm. And he came and got you and he's like, I have something important for you to do. Yeah. And if people don't hear that, if that doesn't settle in to your soul as a person listening, um, you know, what are you living for? What's a great eternal thing that you're living for if God didn't call you to it? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather take God's calling and say, there's something I can do that's so important that only I have been called to do, that I've been appointed to do and invited to do. How can I step into that with everything that I am? And you have to. You have to respond to the call. Amen. So I, I just love the way Pastor David today. can bring a movie into was that a movie talk. i just like, thought i was thinking of an actual wizard an actual recently i haven't had too many wizards show up at my <laughs> house the fellowship I mean, the <laughs> you know i'm not waiting for a wizard to show up wow, <laughs> wow. yeah a little crazy i know he's <laughs> you gotta love it all right well <laughs> bring it back around all here right. people are thinking, out there going what they do wizards <laughs> oh my no. gosh no i know okay uh you both said something that i want to uh maybe we could just talk talk about for a minute here and that is this whole idea of there is a there's a call and then there's a response right so it's not just that there's a call then there's something that I actually have to bring myself to there's something I have to step into there's something I have to put in action because the word tells us right that many are called few are chosen he says to make your calling and your election sure so there's a there's a gap in between the call and the approving or the selection right Mm or the election. Um, maybe we just talk a minute about what is required after the call. Now we know, um, maybe clarifying too, there's the initial call of like coming into relationship with the Lord. There's a response that's required there. Then Mm -hmm. there's effort, there's journey, right? There's adventure that happens there, (laughs) but even a calling, and then maybe that's a little bit more specialized, you know, like you're called to have a ministry of helps. You're called to have a gift of uh, faith. You know, some of those callings, there's invitations that are put out, but then there's a response that's required. What does that look like? Well, uh, I guess the best thing to do is give people examples of what Mm -hmm. those callings are, if that's what you're asking. Uh, For me, if I give you an example of my calling, I think uh, my two primary callings, uh, and they may sound strange to you since we've walked together for a long time, is I actually believe I'm called uh, to have the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. Like specifically, I've been called to that in prophetic realms um, and to carry his heart. Um, and secondly, I'm called to suffer. Mm. And now I know I just lost half the people there. <laughs> well, half the young people just went, suffer? No. And just dismiss that because they're immortal. And then the older people all went, oh, suffering. Yes, I do that so well. (laughs) I get so much attention from that. I don't want, come on now. I don't want either one of those because I don't look at suffering that way. But I believe that there's a a component of suffering that that I'm going to say we because I'm going to put that on somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, people get, oh, word curse. Oh, don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, God. (laughs) And so uh, me personally, I believe I actually uh, suffer in the flesh in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's not evil. (laughs) It's good. And and it's also to uh, the sufferings for the reason of 
uh, eliminating pride. Uh oh, mm-hmm. and um, and it's not. And sometimes there's a suffering in the soul, and it's yeah. uh, and that's the whole where pride comes in, and you know expectations. And so I know someone's you know dialed into this thing, and they're like, "Yes, I'm making my calling and election sure." But mm-hmm. you know, I actually I believe that actually generally Christians are called to suffer because mm-hmm. uh, if you don't embrace the uh, the you know the fellowship of his sufferings you actually won't embrace the power involved with it and i know this is a horrible thing to talk about here <laughs> just like who wants to hear that and like i said i don't look at it as like a horrible thing right i don't look at it as like oh what was me i'm suffering for christ <laughs> you know and it's you know how many times do you hear me complain about me suffering Every day. Every day. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's not, you know, and I don't hear you guys complain about your sufferings, and I know you do. I know there's things that you go through in your soul, goes, you know, and like I said, I know most people tuning into this were not expecting suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suffering succotash. (laughs) (laughs) Is that even allowed nowadays? They don't even allow that thing, right? But but like I said, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, be glad about it and not be so weirded out and whacked out and you know uh and i think that's the problem with people they don't get the whole call because we are called to join him yes (laughs) and you know he promised in our world tribulation Mm -hmm. and if your whole thing is your gifts and your calling keep you away from tribulation you missed god in the process i'm going to just say it right now because the reality is when you go through things and suffer things you and there's not it's not evil it's not wicked it's not a woe is me i'm just a miserable christian it's like we're rejoicing in those things i think there was this guy who wrote a fifth of the new testament that rejoiced in his sufferings mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, like I said, so if you're asking, it's that's the truth. So no one's ever really quite ever asked. Well, me so that. how did you? Re- how did you? How did that call come to you? <laughs> came, uh, it actually came. Both those calls came prophetically to me. Okay. First. So it was a prophetic word to you. Oh yeah. 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 And now, and then how yeah, did I never you... looked at those. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to just tell you how that works. Yeah. I, I'm like. Yeah, let's look at all those other things he called me to. Right. Let's look at the gifts, you know, the mm-hmm. prophetic and the word of wisdom and word of knowledge and the mm-hmm. power and all. Oh yeah, I looked at all of those mm-hmm. and ignored the other part. Yeah. Completely and it was totally part of the promise. Mm. Did it bear witness with you when you received it? No. <laughs> no, I was a, at the time I was a young man and it didn't not it meant nothing to me to be honest with you. Yeah. Like and I think people and we should discuss that people mm-hmm. and their callings a lot of times they mean nothing to them when they first are exposed to their calling or mm-hmm. their callings getting revealed to them because I don't think yeah. it just happens like poof and the light comes on. Exactly. I believe there's a revelation of your calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I lose you all on that one? Well, no, no I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking about Paul getting called on the road to Damascus, and it was a twofold calling where uh, Jesus said to him, you're going to be my witness in front of kings and mm-hmm. princes and rulers, and I'll show you how much you're going to suffer for my namesake. Yeah. And so every calling is going to have suffering with it, even the initial calling. You know, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself daily, take up his cross, and follow me. Yeah. That's from the mouth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that you're not going to get around that. And it makes sense. You're not going to go on a journey to confront evil and not suffer. You're not, anytime you confront something that's difficult right. to fight, you're going to take wounds and you're going to take hits. That's part of what you're signing up for. You can refuse the call and through it, you can refuse a lot of suffering. Yeah. That's a real option that people have. Yeah. If you're listening, if you really want to escape the suffering and you want your life to be about happiness, you can have that. Mm-hmm. You can go for mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, be like Demas and leave Paul and go to Thessalonica, fall in love with the present present world, um, because that's an available thing to you. Or if you want to confront your pride, like Pastor Bob said, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be suffering. If you want to confront the devil, if you want to confront um, drug abuse, sex trafficking, people, you know, heading off towards hell, you want to confront poverty, genocide, injustice, oppression, you want to confront any of that, you think you're going to do it at no cost? No way. If you want to shepherd people, <laughs> do you think you're going to do that at no cost? Right. You, it will hurt you. And I love the distinction that you just made between gifts and calling because a lot of times mm-hmm. I've done the same thing where I've said, what are my gifts? And in that, I'm going to know 
what I'm called to do. And I, I do think it's it's important. Maybe we'll talk about that yeah. later, how our gifts play into our calling. But mm-hmm. um, as you pursue the heart of Jesus, you're, he's going to test you. He's going to, you're going to have to confirm your calling and election. Both yeah. of those are not just a done deal of like, well, you know, God elected me. So um, now I don't even follow God. Oh, God called me to do this and I'm going to do it no matter what. You have to confirm it. If that's real, it'll be confirmed in how you live. If the tree is good, it will bear fruit. Right. And you're going to have to step into that and say, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to make a difference. You won't make a difference without suffering. You won't bring forth new life without some sort of effort, <laughs> some sort of grief or sorrow or trial. It will not happen like it, without right. travail. There will be no new life. It just it won't happen. So um, I think it's good that you that you put that on the table because um, it's not to discourage people. No, but it's actually to help them persevere over the long haul. Well, and understand what what it actually looks like, right, to respond to the call. And when you were just saying, you know, when Jesus calls, um, he's calling you to pick up your cross. So there's there is a there's a leaving behind of things, right? And there's a picking up of other things. And mostly that picking up is like a commitment to dying to yourself, right? And that can look <laughs> manifest itself in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and very personal ways, depending on your situation and what the Lord wants to work in you. But um, I guess just trying to help people know, like, okay, I have this calling. I've received a prophetic word. Let's say, let's just that's a clear one. Um, what do I do now, mm-hmm. right? And so that it, I think there is first a um, a soul posture where you hear the call, you um, embrace the call, and you p- determine in your heart to start down that path, right? To respond to it. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of times like a very definite, like, okay, the way I've been living, I have to leave that behind. The way that I viewed myself, the way I viewed my abilities, the way I viewed my, even my time or my commitments, like something has to change here. Um, What is, I guess I'm just trying to like, what are like some tangible, practical things when someone is like, okay, I have, I received a prophetic word. There's this call in there. Like now what do I now what do I do? I actually believe that people can't fully embrace and receive their calling without without some form of maturity. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that mm-hmm. you can be uh, promised and given a lot of things, yeah. right? Uh, callings, gifts, all that. But without maturity, you don't know what to do with those things. Right. You don't know how to handle those things. You just you know you just uh, go along like a child selfishly embracing what you got that's why we said earlier you know the difference between gifts and callings because you just embrace all the gifts without the um seriousness of the calling Mm -hmm. so this is a mature Mm -hmm. thing and like i said i'm sure people have just like tuned into this and going i'm gonna know what my calling is yeehaw you know and like now we're here you know but this is the real deal this is actually where calling you know where the rubber meets the road on this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it's the real thing Mm -hmm. it requires some maturity and then it does require that suffering aspect and it because you learn those through that suffering just like the big guy learned when he was here mm-hmm. he didn't get it for free mm-hmm. and so but how you will um uh handle the calling i believe requires maturity and maturity comes with time i don't mean it has to be 100 years yeah but it comes with time and i think it comes with time spent with him not just you know time yeah. like oh, time's it's gone by so I, time, yeah right. i've gotten older now so i am you know, mature, you know, I know a lot of people that are older and immature. I mean, they cannot do, you know, they don't take uh, life seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. or they hold it really weird. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't care for life the Mm -hmm. way they should. Uh, So I believe that that maturity aspect is so critical to actually understanding how to embrace our calling, how to come into relationship with our calling. If you think you can listen to a podcast and you got everything about your calling, you are fooling yourself. If you think you can read a book and now I know everything about I got the 10 steps of calling, you just you're you're in delusion. <laughs> the reality is it takes time. It takes serious time with God. Letting him actually, you know, expose who you are, what you do, how you handle life, um, how you walk through life, the decisions you make, um, mm-hmm. because he, that calling is actually so—it's such a high calling, and it requires so much care yeah. that it really requires us understanding the 
the depths of our calling and the seriousness of it so we won't handle it frivolously. I almost got that word out right. <laughs> it's like, you know, weird. <laughs> and so, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, so I, you know, that's how I look at that whole situation. Yeah. Go ahead, Pastor David. Do you oh, have some thoughts um, about that? I do, because it definitely takes some maturity to say, if I'm called to this thing, it means I'm not called to these other things. Mm, that's good. Yeah. You cannot be called to everything. And a lot of callings are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> So I, we could get into some specifics, but in my life in right. certain seasons, I've been called to, to more availability for people, which means my nights are not free for things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I ha you have to be able to say, like, I'm not called to certain pursuits because I'm called to this pursuit. Right. And God asked me to do it. So it is time to grow up and focus on that. And callings really determine the focus that you have and what you're being called to lay aside. God isn't just calling you to sacrifice things and sell everything and give to the poor just, you know, as a stunt. He doesn't just want religious stunts. They're for That's a purpose. They're, they're actually to shape your calling. And so we have to embrace maturity. We have to take a real look at our schedule. Um, if we're getting practical, look at our, mm -hmm. our priorities, our schedule, how much time is being allotted to things. And with counsel, maybe, that would be a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, go to pastors, <laughs> go to people that exactly. speak into your life, mentors, and say, does this schedule line up with what I'm called to do? Because hopefully you know that person, they're a mentor, they're a disciple, or they're a pastor, they're a mom, they're a dad, they're someone you care about and cares about you. And they want to see God's purposes be brought forth in your life. And um, you just preached a message on this recently of, of asking someone, hey, what's holding me back from my calling? Mm -hmm. How come I'm not living in the fullness of an evangelist? How come I'm not living in the fullness of um, ending poverty? You know, whatever, being a missionary, whatever it is that you're called to do, um, maybe your schedule is blocking that. Maybe your affections are blocking that. Mm -hmm. And you cannot be called to everything. Just because something's fun or you have a gift for it or a talent for it, it doesn't mean that it's your calling. There's a lot of things that are not. And so I hate you know, to be the bearer of bad news, but it's something that the Lord's been speaking to me a lot recently. So that's the only reason I feel qualified to share that because it's the only way forward. Yeah. So. Well, I think that... Um it simply the ability to say yes also brings the responsibility to say no, that you have, there's things you have to say no to. There's things that you have to cut out of your life. There's things that are not bad, but are not going to, um, you're not be able to carry them in right. to the next place. And I believe this is some of what you're talking to. Sometimes the, the time is really what it takes to it. It tests your soul, right? It's, it tests your, um, your endurance, your perseverance, your ability to hold faith, your ability to carry hope. There's things that just happen over time that don't happen any other way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you, you know, like you're saying, like, if I could just learn the 10 steps, like I could speed this along, right. and I could step into my calling and I believe for it. And it's good to believe for it. And you should start um, walking into that at the level that you're at right there, right? Bring yes. your faith to it. Um, be in the word about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're called to something, <laughs> What does the word say about those things? Like get the authority of the word into your life. Learn, actually make sure it's not your idea of what that calling is. What is God calling you to? Um, but then again, you know, and again, not, not putting that as the priority, making sure that you're keeping yourself rooted in him, that you're abiding in him, that he is the source of that. You will never be able to cause your own calling to come into fruition. It is always, um, what always should be a byproduct of your personal relationship with him and allowing him to develop you and allowing him to correct you and allowing him to draw you to repentance and to, um, test your soul. Yeah, like you know, that. there's so much, um, that happens in those hidden places. And I feel like a lot of times people are looking for, you know, a pastor to tell them how, you know, like, okay, well I'm called to this, like teach me how to do it and then let me do it. Like what, right. what's the program? here like what right. are, what are the steps here and then and then I'm qualified and it's like mm -hmm. yes there's training absolutely yes there is um practical application and experience mm -hmm. but there are things that no pastor will ever be able to do for you and that is the um the developing of your character that is the development of your faith that is the testing of your forbearance and your willingness to you know forgive and your, your willingness to love people and to give your time and to lay down your life. Those things only happen uh, starting in the secret place. Well, I actually believe that your calling gets manifested and actually comes through your faithfulness. I yes. actually believe without faithfulness, 
you you will actually never go into your calling at the full capacity you know you'll touch on it you may and like i said people confuse uh, callings and gifts you might be able to operate in gifts but your calling will never fully manifest and i believe that faithfulness is the thing that opens that door Mm -hmm. to your call to, to for you to enter into the fullness of your calling and that's where god proves us yeah. That's where he, he, he doesn't prove it to prove it to him. He knows who we are, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, some of it is to prove it to ourselves, who we are in him, that we're going to be a faithful man or woman of God, that regardless of what happens in our lives, we are still focused on our call, yeah. right? And when it looks impossible, we get more focused on our call. Mm-hmm. That does not happen just because like I said earlier, you read a book or you went to a, you know, the, a seminary and went to college and I found out how to you know, do this thing. You'll know how to do the thing, but not with the heart, Yeah. right? And so you won't, and then it's never, you're never qualified because you never went through the faithfulness uh, aspect mm-hmm. that made you actually, that actually qualified you to carry the call yeah. and to allow it to manifest through you, but not in a selfish way, but in a way that's God designed it. It's for everything else because our calling <laughs> is not just for us. That's right. and, I, and it's just yes. like our gifts are <laughs> not just for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when God says, you know, make your calling and election. Sure. I think everybody gets stuck on the, your, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's mine. It's mine. I got it. I'm it. I'm see, I'm the greatest thing since uh, whatever, you know, right. the beginning of time. So, but no, the reality is that, you know, he's, He's asking, he's beckoning us to make our calling election sure, and I believe that happens through faithfulness. And that's so that you will manifest your calling, manifest your gifts in a dignity and honor yeah. that's that manifest him. Yes. Right? Because we're called to him. Yeah. Right. And it's it's the, you know, it's the it's the the little details that people miss behind, you know, discipleship. Discipleship not to make you, you know, a gifted person. And it's actually to make you a, a disciple of his. Yes. <laughs> right? So yeah. Hebrews 6 says it's through faith and patience mm-hmm. that we inherit the promises of God. Yes. And that's what you're really saying is that um, calling is, is almost paradoxical because um, you're called to be right where you're at now, but where you're, right at, where you're at right now might not be your ultimate calling. Right. And so mm-hmm. like Paul speaks about this a lot in 1 Corinthians 7. He says, mm-hmm. if you're a bond slave, don't be upset about it. Serve your master as if he's Christ. God's with you. But if you can avail yourself of the opportunity, gain your freedom. Right. And so there's this interesting thought that um, no one can say, well, I'm not living my calling now. And I think this is a word for somebody out there that is like, I'm not living my calling because all I am is, is, you know, a wife and a mother and I sing in the choir and I help at the church and I, I serve the homeless in my community. But I'm really called to teach the word. Maybe somebody's like that listening. Well, that is what you're called to do now. Do it with God. Do it with everything that's in you. And through that faithfulness and even through the suffering of that, mm-hmm. God's shaping the vessel that you are. Mm-hmm. That, that suffering and that faithfulness is the potter's wheel. It's, it's the fire. It's everything that's molding you in to someone that can live out that future purpose that he has for you. And you have to develop it. Like we've, we've talked about before, if you have the gift to teach, you, you've got to teach Little kids, like you got to start small. <laughs> you know, if, it, um, if you're mentoring, you got to you know help your kids, help someone that comes to you. You have to just start and be faithful as much as you can. Start to enter into those things that God has spoken to you, whether it's in the Bible, whether it's through a prophetic word, whether it's through um, you know a need that you saw that nobody else saw that you've, you've prayed about. God's going to shape you to be able to step into that. But if you don't receive your current calling, your current church, your current marriage, your current family. <laughs> there's something greater in the future will never manifest in the way that you want it to. If you don't embrace uh, where he's put you there. And that's what vocation's about. That's what this, this teaching is, is like God is sovereign over what we're doing. Yeah. He has put us where we're supposed to be, but he's doing so much in us. Yeah. There I actually believe that uh, David, that you're actually prophesying to somebody out there. Now I think Liz has stuff on her heart too, that she wants to speak to someone out there because I believe we can put off because we don't think we've had, you know, someone's not availing us of enough. Yeah. We don't, have, you know, if I only had this, then I could go into my calling. Mm-hmm. If they, if they would only recognize me this way, then I could go into my calling mm-hmm. and that's not how you get to calling. So people put off and I, I believe we are speaking, uh, prophetically to people right now like they that someone's hearing this and going oh yeah i've i've made excuses Mm. why i don't 
I haven't embraced my calling. Yeah. Right. And it's an embrace in the heart. Yeah. I think it's really easy to alt, to put it onto other people mm-hmm. of why we can't step into our calling. And, um, and I, and I understand that. So you're like, well, if someone would do this for me, if right. someone would give me this opportunity, if someone would recognize the gift on me, then they would put this in an understanding that, um, the Lord, <laughs> it's his call. And he will develop in you what he created you to be. And it does not depend on anybody else. It depends on you and him and you being willing of answering the call right where you are. Like you were saying, David, like that, the, the goal is not to get somewhere. The goal Mm -hmm. is not to step into a ministry position. The goal is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. The goal is to come into the fullness of understanding of, um, who he is, who he is to you and to emulate him in the earth, to be him in the earth. That is actually the call. All these other things we put labels on them, you know, like the apostle, Jesus was an apostle. You are called to be like Jesus, you know, uh, ministry of helps, ministry of mercy, ministry of faith, gift of, you know, all of these things. It's, it's actually about manifesting the life of Christ Mm -hmm. in the earth. And that does not depend on somebody giving you a position, right? We can make it, (laughs) we can put that off on if that pastor had only seen my gifts, if that boss, you know, in the natural had only seen what I'm capable of. If my friends only knew how good I was at this, and real and we forget okay mm-hmm. that it was god that began a good work yes. in us yes. right and it's him that's going to bring it to fruition and we we're forgetting who our calling is to back mm-hmm. to where we started it's, mm-hmm. it's to him and he who started it is able to finish it um, but if we get off track and start, you know, oh, it was that problem. It's that person. It's that. I see. I have this issue in my life, and I can't do it because I, I'm hindered there. Right. Well, if you want to live there and die there, you will. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of overcomers in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of them did die in faith, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them, in the obviously in the Bible, and they had callings that they were not fully positioned for. Perfect. Mm-hmm at but people above them were not you know didn't like really appreciate them and where they were coming yeah. from and then god right and then god right. he you know cuz he he brought them into their calling because their hearts were focused and set on him mm-hmm. not on their circumstances around them because god is not a god of the improbable he's a god of the impossible and when those things look totally impossible to us and that's everybody's calling you will face that somewhere in your life where your calling looks absolutely impossible yeah and i'm gonna say there you go you're, <laughs> you're right there with god you're now. right where you should you're be. right where you should be because if it looks too possible to you right you'll do it in your own strength and i would say and this is just out of my personal walk with the lord if you hit a point where you feel like you you're hitting a wall and you're not advancing the way you feel like you should be right. the question is not God, you know, who needs to move out of the way (laughs) or who needs to acknowledge me? The question is, God, what do you still need to do in me to prepare me for that place? And that is, that's a hard question. And that, that is the, the reality of it is that if you are not prepared for the place, (laughs) it's going to sound great that he's prepared for you. Right. When you, if you try to step into it, it will crush you. And there so the go. question is not like, how quickly can I get there? It's like, Lord, please don't let mm-hmm. me step into a place that I am not actually prepared for. And we can think we're prepared. I, I We can think we're ready. Like I've been equipped, I've been trained, I'm prepared. And yet we're still frustrated because we're not being put into this place. The doors aren't opening. And so again, I would just challenge you if you're in that spot. And I'm speaking this from personal experience that the question is not what else do I need to do? What other, well, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to convince? The question is, God, what do you still need to do in me? Please prepare me. Make sure I'm ready. Whatever is left that needs to be done, please do it in me so that I'm ready. And when you're ready, yeah. he will, he will do it. You don't have to, you don't have to force your way in. Do you suppose that's why a lot of Christians take the option of leaving a church? Because the church, that church is holding them back. And do you suppose that's why a lot of people don't go to church? Mm-hmm. 
because that church would be a problem to them. It would it wouldn't enhance their call. So see, it's just me and Jesus. I'm serving God alone here. Uh, oh, well, did I said, just say uh, that? I, I, that's true, and it goes uh, to what Liz said. Like, is there someone in the way of your calling? Right. I think that really bums a lot of people out. Oh yeah. Well, it guess does. what you're called to do. Speaking from personal experience, you're called to love that person and pray for that person even more than you pray for yourself, that God would change your heart towards that person and that you would actually support that person and be their biggest helper and be Holy Spirit to them. And then it's like, you see, if God doesn't honor that, he really will. He's teaching you an incredible thing. I love that was incredible what you said of like, what does God need to do in you? Um, and I just want to speak to some something else that Pastor Bob said, yeah. talking about your calling. And I think there's people listening that you maybe even you might be homebound or you might be mm. hurt in some way. And you're like, I can't go out. I can't do these things that they're mm. talking about. But like we started by saying, your, your first calling is to the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And if you minister to him, you're like um, you're Mary at his feet. He loves that. He said, you chose the greater part. You have the ability to have a ministry of intercession, which is Jesus's ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. He's been at it for over 2000 years, (laughs) longer than he did miracles and (laughs) heal lepers and raise the dead. He's been (laughs) at prayer. And how many souls are you going to bring into the kingdom through your prayer? How much are you going to do? How how many people are you going to cover? How much are you going to pour out your oil and your perfume at the Lord's feet? Because you can always fulfill that calling. So I I just, there's always a calling and a vocation for anyone that's, that belongs to Christ. And it is to be at his feet and like to minister to him first. If you don't get that right, it really doesn't work well when you try to minister to other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. yeah. So a question, because I know a lot of people are like, I don't. I don't know what my calling is. Maybe I don't have a prophetic word mm-hmm. that tells me what it is. How can people, what are they supposed to do? Well, <laughs> the first thing I think of is there are some callings that are in the Bible that are uh, very specific, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's some that are very general to the church of God, to yeah. anybody who's in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those is out of Ephesians, we hear, you know, that there's a, um, that you know, there's a assignment, if you will, and calling that, uh, every part of the church, the body of Christ, is supposed to provide. They're supposed to provide, you know, uh, for other parts of the body. Now, that provision is not only uh, monetary; it could be, um, but there's also an encouragement that you can bring. And I'm I'm speaking also to what Pastor David was saying, and that is, you know, you you're dealing with people maybe that are homebound and they don't know how to, you know, in first prayer. Yes. What about if you were to call somebody and encourage them? So like I said, in in Ephesians talks that each joint supplies. So there's something that each one of us Mm -hmm. supply to each other. And that's levels of encouragement uh, uh, just to, hey, you know, I see what you're doing and it's it's great. You know, I know I'm not there. I'm I'm stuck at home. I'm sick and stuck at home, but I'm still, I I thought about you because when you're in prayer, God's going to bring them remembrance people that, you know, you know, and how do you actually encourage them? Uh, Yeah, you can go on Facebook and encourage them that way too, but it'd really be nice if you actually called them and talked to them, Mm -hmm. right? That's so old school. That's so old school. (laughs) Or, or God forbid, you invited them to your house. This, I heard that people have to do, clean that. To do that. You have to clean your house. We <laughs> we we've got words about that. You should clean your house this year. It's an important thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, dust the cobwebs off, and then invite them to your house, mm. and in, and just be with them because you're supplying, and not with an agenda like I'm bringing them over to correct them. I'm right. you know I'm bringing them over to show them my calling. It's like no, bring them over to be part of the church of God, the body of Christ to be one with them, to care for their souls and love on them. Heck, maybe you only can give them a cup of coffee and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all they needed maybe. Mm-hmm. Like everything that's else. That's all I would need. Yeah, that's awesome. all I'd need. But, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do a bunch of stuff yeah. to be part, to actually embrace the calling that you're called to. And I would say, like I was saying earlier, there are specific callings, mm-hmm. but there are general callings. And that's one of those general callings mm-hmm. that each person is assigned by God to do. We're assigned to love one another. And that's not in word only, but that's in deed. That's in bringing a person into your life, spending a little time with them. 
even if it's inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And there, and there you go. That's where that's, that's calling yeah, there, yeah. you know. I'm trying to give people practical cuz if you're waiting for some prophet to come over and go, "Okay, you're going to be the greatest preacher. I know you haven't studied the word at all, but you're going to be the greatest <laughs> preacher and you're going to walk into that tomorrow and you're going to start preaching to nations." It's like if you're waiting for that kind of thing, I mean, you're going to die <laughs> you're gonna die. You're gonna die without anything. You're just gonna die. You're not gonna. No, you're gonna die in your soul and die because you're gonna have an unrealistic expectation of God. But you know what I'm saying. And guess what? There are people who call to preach to thousands and minister in nation, and that's awesome. And I'm all encouraging them also. But if that's not your, if that's not what God called you to. Right. And that's the only thing that's going to satisfy you. You're going to die very unhappy, probably alone, and angry at God and everybody else around you because they didn't open up a door for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did well, I just say that? This yeah. is a, a mean podcast. Mean, mean, Bob uh, mean Pastor Bob out. just came up. Well, somebody's listening, and they're they're a very spiritual person, and they want a spiritual way to find their calling. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like Let's that. Let's give them. That. So what what Let's I did, I was like. I thought I might be called to teach the Bible and be a pastor when I was younger. And I just committed to praying. I committed to praying about it, that mm-hmm. God would confirm it. And I, I did fast. Fasting is important. Fast until you're neutral. That's like what um, Bonky said. That's yeah. one of his greatest pieces of advice. I might have even said that already on the, mm-hmm. the podcast because I just love it so much. Um, is pray until you get your selfish ambition out of the way. And you're not just like trying to invent the greatest calling that you can think about because <laughs> You know, I try to do that um, and just get to the point where you're in the word and you're seeking the Lord and you're fasting. People are speaking into your life. And I really believe the Lord will be faithful. He brought a vision to me. He brought other people to confirm it. He brought opportunities. He brought the gifting. He brought the anointing through patience and faith. There are more opportunities. There was more, you know, confirmation over time. That's what you can do. You can seek him through prayer and fasting. That's a very biblical yeah. way to find your calling, but don't do it unless you're going to step into it when he, <laughs> well, when he good. tells it to you. That's a good point. This is an area that I have, um, a lot of passion for actually, because I'm a very, um, purpose driven person. I like to have a goal. I like to have something, I like to know what I'm supposed to do and then I'll do it. Yeah. And so for me, you know, growing up in the church and it's like, all right, like what's, what's my calling? What's my ministry? What am I supposed to do? Right. And so I'm like all like, just focus, like whatever you call me to do, God, like, and I really had no agenda. It was like, whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. And, um, you know, we used to do this thing in our church called presbytery where the prophets come in and like set you into ministry. And, and, you know, so Joe and I were first married and we're like, I'm like so amped up. Like I'm so ready. I'm like, I've been serving, like I'm in the word. I'm like, just like, tell me what to do and I'll just run for it. I'll just go for it, you know? And so the prophets come, <laughs> they pull us, they pull us up and they're prophesying over us and they say, what you're a part of is more important than the part you play. He says it again, what you're a part of <laughs> is more important than the part you play. And, you went, huh? and then he just like prophesies <laughs> about the church and like how great it is and how the church needs to come in order and all of this. And I was just like, I left there. was just like, what? Like, he didn't give me a ministry. He didn't give me a calling. He didn't give me gifts. Like I was like, I was so mad. <laughs> Plus I was hungry because we've been fasting. <laughs> but I was like, Lord, like why, why wouldn't you tell me this? And then, you know, like uh, the prophets are going to come counsel, counsel us on this word. I'm like, maybe there's some hidden things in there that be, yeah. I missed, you know, and <laughs> It's so funny because I I just was going through my prophecies the other day and I and I looked at the notes that, that he, I was Gene O'Neill counseled us on that and he writes on the prophecy <laughs> no ministry <laughs> and underlines it <laughs> it was like so it's like to add insult to injury right, right? it's so brutal and I was like what is even happening here like and I was so mad I was so mad at the Lord I was like. You know, I just want to serve you. And I know there's people like that. They're like, they're just, they want to serve the Lord. They want to give their hearts to him. But they're like, what do I do? Why will he just tell me? Like, why won't he just send a prophet to to minister to me? I know we generally wrap up here. We're going to go a little longer, I think, because we're... It's possible. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, and, and so it was like this time for me of getting with the Lord and like wrestling with him and mm-hmm. venting all my frustration. And because it was like, I just want to serve you and you won't let me. You won't tell me what I'm supposed to do. And it was, it was like, it tried my faith. 
And finally, he was like, Liz, if I wanted you to know, I would tell you. And I was like, that is not the answer that I need, <laughs> that I need right now. <laughs> and so it took me a while to actually just like deal with this in my soul. And I finally just had to come to the conclusion of like, okay, he's not, he's not giving me a specific thing. I feel like I have no direction right now, but I'm just going to look at whatever needs there are in the church. And since he didn't give me a specific thing, then he's not instructing me to do a specific thing. And I'll just look at where are the places that need help. And it was just like, kind of like whatever, you know, your hand finds to do <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And and learning how to just hear him for myself and be like, okay, you know, this is, you know, Liz, I want you to, you know, you're going to serve in hospitality. Awesome. Trained me so much in that, mm. that I would not have, if he told me like, you're going to be in leadership ministry, I've been like, awesome. Let me train for leadership. And he's like, I am going to train you for leadership. I'm not going to tell you that I am, but it's going to be through <laughs> 20 years of serving in hospitality first. You know, and I just like, I just want to speak encouragement to somebody because I know this is an area where people get really frustrated right? and not like, no one will tell me my calling. I don't know what it is. And so, and, and you can get into this really hopeless place of like, well, if no one's going to help me with my calling, then what's the point? I'll just enjoy my life, you know? And, and I just want to challenge you that rather than going to that place, Understand that when the Lord wants to direct you specifically, he will. And in the meantime, lean into him and learn how to hear his voice and learn to recognize the thing that he's putting in front of you and bring your whole heart to it. Don't try to figure out if this is on the ministry path that you think you're supposed to go down. Just, Lord, you're, you're asking me to do this. I don't understand how that goes into anything I think I'm called to, but you're asking me to do it. And I'm going to bring my whole self to it. And there's so much freedom that comes with that of just like, just learning how to hear his spirit and walk with him. Yeah. In that. So uh, I've, <laughs> as you can tell, this is an area, it means a lot to me and it's been right. a consistent journey of like, what is my calling? Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Now, now I'm worrying about it again. What am I supposed to do? Don't worry about it. You know, it's yeah. like this weird. It's amazing how that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> This weird place. So um, I don't know if we'll talk more about this at another time, but um, I just want to, um, I don't know. If there's some things for you guys to think about with this whole subject of calling and understanding your primary call is to come into relationship with the Lord in an intimate way where yes. there's nothing between you and him and everything else you don't have to figure out. Get that right <laughs> and everything else will fall into place as you are yielded and learning how to hear his voice and setting your heart to respond and be obedient. And um, there's people that love you that can help you that can walk with you also. And they help you to see things that you're missing, you know, but um, let's just not get so focused on what is my call that I forget the one I'm called to. And so that's uh, I guess a parting thought for today. We will see you guys next yeah. time. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.